Hey y'all, I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 215. Okay, the first one. My aunt's haunted house. Hello, beautiful creepsters. My name is Shalice. Yes, you can use my name. I'm finally writing another email. My last email was about my not-so-imaginary friend. But picture this. It was a hot summer night in Palmdale, California, and I was at my aunt's house. This was the first time I was going to be there for a whole week. When I first got to her house, I felt a little weird, but I ignored it. My cousin and I stayed up until 1 a.m. watching Pretty Little Liars. Since I fell asleep first, she left me in the living room with her three dogs. I woke up around 3 a.m. because I couldn't breathe, and of course, their big Great Dane was laying on my chest. He looked like Scooby-Doo. Once I realized it was him, I calmed down, but then I started feeling cold. All of a sudden, he started growling in the direction of the TV. I looked over there, and instantly I felt goosebumps. I didn't see anything, but I can feel the energy. Then, the other two dogs woke up and started barking as well. I managed to calm them down, and they all started crowding around me. I covered my face, prayed, and went back to sleep. I woke up later that morning and told my cousin how I felt. So finally, her mom told me that a guy died by suicide by the fireplace, which is where their TV is. Yet again, chills ran through my body because I had experienced something before that night as well. This wasn't my only experience in their house. I will write in part two later. Unfortunately, college is calling. Stay safe and don't get scared. Dogs know what's up. Uh Uh-huh. I wonder if he was on your chest as a protection thing, too. Oh, maybe. But also, big dogs just think they can lay wherever they want. (laughs) Well, I don't know about everyone else, but I know I'm ready for part two. Okay, the next one. Hey there, my name is Nairi. I've just started listening to you guys and I love your work so far. So I thought I'd send in my paranormal sighting story. So when I was around eight years old, I moved into a house in northeastern New South Wales, Australia. It was me, my older siblings, my mother, and my late stepfather. I'll try to give my best recount of what the house layout looked like. You'd have your front door, which leads into the living room, with the bathroom and the toilet to the immediate right of the house when you first step in. And my mom and stepfather's room to the left, which had the couch and TV right outside of it. When you step into the more open part of the living room, you'd have the small kitchen to the right, with my brother's room right next to that. To the left, you'd have me and my sister's room and our pool table. At the back of the house, you'd have a spare room, which was often the sunroom, which was used for storing our items, which also had a back door. This door led to our trampoline, pool, water tank, and this giant rock I used to climb a lot. So one night, I woke up around 1 a.m.-ish for some reason. I opened my bedroom door to the kitchen, and I saw a large black figure, which looked like the Dementor from Harry Potter. I stood there frozen as all hell for about 10 seconds before I closed my door again and went back to bed. The next morning, I told my family what happened. My sister piped up and told us that she had once woken up to the feeling of someone choking her. And another time she woke up on her windowsill and thought to herself, hey, this isn't right. We didn't stay in that house for very long. I think we only stayed there for about six months. Back in 2020, when I was 19, I talked to my brother about that house. He stopped, paused, and looked at me. He said to me these exact words, I swear that house was haunted. I asked him if he experienced something when we lived there, and he told me that he had been washing dishes one time when he saw the tap turn slightly. He then said something along the lines of finishing washing up so fast and running up to his bedroom. I still think about that house from time to time, and sometimes I even drive past it. Every time I do, I always remember that weird night when I saw the Dementor thing. Thanks for listening, ladies. Creep it real and don't get scared. XOXO. 
brothers, man. I really thought he was going to say something very like poignant when he said he looked you dead in the eye. And he's like, that shit be haunted. <laughs> you know what I was just thinking of? You know what the Dementor looks like now. No, I don't. Oh, God. I can't remember. I was like, all I could picture was... Um, I think they're black and they have like flowy... Yeah. Okay. All I could picture was Voldemort's nose. Oh, my God. That's all God. I could picture. And I was like, that's not that. You know, I suck. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. That is like, never seen it and I know exactly what you're <laughs> Okay, the next one. Scandinavian Sinister Sightings. Hey, beautiful Donna and Carrie. So I've been listening to your podcast for just around a year now, and you've been my commute besties. I've been listening to your episodes in random order because I'm just a crazy girl like that. But I just heard the episode where Carrie talks about the band Mayhem from Norway. And as a Scandinavian, your pronunciation of their names made me giggle so hard. A for effort. Some of their names really are hard. But now, let me take you on a tour through my haunted childhood. I'm debating with myself right now how many stories I should include because there are a lot. So the story takes place in my childhood home. Picture it. A large villa with three floors. The ground floor contains a big hall, a kitchen, and a dining and living room. The first floor was all of our bedrooms and bathroom. My bedroom was on the top of the stairs with my brothers to the left of my room and at the end of the hall and my parents' room to the right at the other end. The last floor is the basement and it's huge with paintings all over the walls made by one of the former owners. Just a little background story about the house. It's super old and has had a lot of owners before my family and it has lived through wars. When renovating the house, we found lots of pictures in the walls from former owners and also newspapers about horrible things that happened nearby during the Second World War. Well, the first floor was the first time I had a paranormal experience that I remember. I was around seven years old at the time. I woke up in the middle of the night from someone saying my name, not a voice that was familiar to me. I felt very uneasy, like I was already in flight mode. I knew at the time that I was being watched. Little baby me grew a fast pair of balls and decided, fuck that, I'm not staying in this room. So naturally, I walked out into the dark, creepy hallway, because this is surely better, not. As I was standing right outside my door, my heart started beating so fast. I suddenly felt the urge to look down the hallway toward my brother's room. His door was open and his room was pitch black. All of a sudden, I started hearing small clicking sounds and out of nowhere, the floor started to be overrun by blurry looking rats. Yes, rats. Creepy looking blurry rats running towards me. It's safe to say that I really fast bounced, aka sprinted while screaming. I ran as fast as I could straight to my parents' bedroom and jumped onto their bed, waking them up and scaring them so bad. At this time, the clicking sound was already gone, so I knew that as soon as my mom turned on the light, the rats would be gone. Safe to say, I did not go back to my bedroom that night. After that night, I would wake up in the middle of the night feeling uneasy and watched by someone. I would see shadows in my room, and when I turned on the light, there wouldn't be anything that could be creating the shadow. Oh, and remember the voice that woke me up? That voice still to this day wakes me up from time to time, and I still get the creepy deepies when it happens. I'm pretty sensitive to the paranormal, and I think it's mostly due to living in that house for 15 years. Okay, I can see this turning into a novella, so I better wrap it up here. But I only just scratched the surface of my haunted childhood home. So if you want more stories, let me know. Like the time I saw a ghost in the middle of the day in the basement, or the day all doors opened at the same time. I truly love you guys and wish you all the best. Thank you guys for all of you do. Creep it real, and sometimes I get scared. Love, Fi from Denmark. I probably butchered your name, too. Staying on brand. I'm nothing but consistent. <laughs> terribly bad. <laughs>
Okay, the blurry rats, no thank you. That's a whole nother level of creepy that I just, I can't even process. No. Like on the craft with the snakes. Oh gosh, yeah. But like they're blurry. So then you want to look at them more to try to like get them in focus or whatever. But then they're clickety clackities all over to you. No, mm-mm, don't like it. Yeah, what's with the clicking? They're little nails. No, I know. But the clicking was before the rats. Now when I think of clicking, I think of The Last of Us. Like some of them are called clickers. Mm-hmm. And also, yes, we do. We want all the stories. Okay, the next one. Beautiful baby girl. Hey, you beautiful ladies. I've been wanting to write in for a long time, and I know Carrie is getting nervous. You guys will be running out of stories soon, so here it is. My name is Erin, and I'm originally born and raised in Rhode Island. Nope, not Long Island. Rhode Island, the smallest state in the U.S. I'm living in Connecticut now, and my sister Shannon and I love your podcast and listen all the time and talk to each other about the episodes. We will also recite lines from the shows and laugh and laugh. Okay, to the story. It's about my daughter. We'll call her Olivia. That was going to be her name if I didn't pick the other one. So when she was around four years old, I got pregnant with her brother. On New Year's Eve of that year, my grandmother passed away at the age of 97. She was the sweetest thing and a spitfire at that. Well, my daughter and niece had such a nice relationship with her, even though they were only three and four. So after my grandmother passed, I was talking to my daughter about it, as much as you talk to a four-year-old about someone passing, and she could tell I was upset and still heartbroken about losing my grandmother. She proceeded to tell me that Gigi was okay. I then asked her, well, how do you know that she's okay? She told me that she came into her room the night before and sat on her bed and told her everything was going to be okay. My heart melted hearing this and that she was visiting my sweet baby girl. This has always comforted me when I think about my grandmother passing. Another story about my daughter is when my brother moved into his new home. When my daughter was probably about two years old, she went to my brother's house as he was watching her. He had watched her since she was three months old. Hashtag, I'm so blessed I've never had to put my children in daycare. Anyway, the house that my brother purchased was probably at least a hundred-year-old home and totally looked haunted. Well, my daughter proceeds to tell my brother and his wife, oh, this is where the little girl lives. Like, that's completely normal for my daughter to say that. Now, mind you, they have no children at this time, but she just went on her merry way like it was no big deal. My brother and his wife still talk about it to this day. They've had some weird occurrences in the house as well, like doorknob jingling, and they heard someone talking that was visiting them, but that person was sound asleep upstairs. Weird, right? Okay, so one more about my daughter. We were at the movies with my nephew and my mother-in-law. We were going to get into our seats and our row was completely empty. Now, my daughter was still young at this time and I feel like she's grown out of these occurrences. So anyways, my daughter was going to sit down with my mother-in-law and then my nephew and then me. My daughter proceeds to tell my mother-in-law that there's a man sitting in my seat. Because we were hustling children around and whatnot, my mother-in-law just said, well, tell him to move. And so she did and sat down. Now, all of this was told to me later on, so I was able to see the situation unfold, but she had told the man to move and sat in her seat and enjoyed the movie. Kids are super weird. In my old house, my babies would always laugh and smile looking into this one corner of the house in the living room. I swear, it was past loved ones saying hello. Okay, this is dragged on, but I wanted to tell you ladies, I love your podcast and keep it up. You rock. Love y'all, Erin. Why do kids have to be so creepy? So freaking creepy. Also, shout out to your sister Shannon for listening too. 
But like, I love the stories of kids being creepy. 1000% because they are so creepy anyway. But then when they do something that we are like, oh, no, no, no. They see something because we know they see stuff. But when they say stuff about, oh, my mom before you. Yeah, the past life stuff. Oh, gosh. That's so creepy. But like, I also love it. So I want to know it all. Yes. I love that your mother-in-law was like, well, just tell him to move. The rope completely empty. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, if she can see him, she can talk to him. Right. And like, get up out of my seat. Okay, the next one. November 26, 2022. So y'all know where we're at. (laughs) Like that was in the email. Hello, ladies. So I have written and deleted and rewrote, but I could not get anything out that I didn't think sounded crazy or too long. Lifetime of stuff. 1985 babies. Woot woot. And we are 85 babies too. Anywho, I'm listening to Sinister Sightings episode 130 and it hit me hard. Guardians and family passing, but giving signs. The one that hit me and I literally had to stop painting was the one with her grandmother who would give her signs with ladybugs. She told her it was okay to pass. And I had a small cry after this because I did this twice now. My papa, who is my grandma, but I would only call her papa growing up, was my world. And I loved her so, so much. She was passing and I went up to see her and I was so worried she was hanging on because we needed her. But also the next day was my birthday and knowing her, she would be worried she would ruin it. I told her when we were alone, it was okay for her to rest and it would be okay. She passed in the early morning the next day. Just a couple of days ago before Thanksgiving, my grandma, my dad's mom, was very sick and everything was hitting at once. She was passing and I was scared to see her. It taken me two days to finally go. Back to the day before I go after work to see her, and it's late at night, 8 p.m.-ish, and I break down seeing her like this. But afterwards, I help my uncle take care of her so it lifts the burden from him. After that was done, I had a moment with her, and I told her I wanted to be selfish and to keep her, but I know she needs to rest. It's okay, and I will look after her boys, my dad, and two uncles. She passed the next morning after her best friend from kindergarten said goodbye. She literally took her last breath as she said goodbye. My grandma really was waiting for us, and I was truly scared to see her because I didn't want her to pass afterwards. But a positive side on that Thanksgiving sadness, she finally got all of us together on a holiday. That was always her goal. Real fast, my papa, I never felt her around me. I have little things that make me think of her, but I just don't see those signs that everyone has. If it's the random koala stuff, then she picked something I wouldn't have thought of for her because she hated koalas, like hated them. Are koalas trendy like llamas are slash were? I'm also still trying to deal with her passing and it's been a few years now. So maybe she knows I couldn't really handle it even though I would love it, but it would tear me down. Having my grandma pass triggered me to realize that I never really dealt with her death. Okay, that's enough of that. Yay, avoidance. I'll write in with my actual sinister stuff and just things I've experienced. I've got plenty for y'all from the haunted house we grew up in, things from my tarot card readings for people, and just weird things happening. Y'all are amazing. I love hearing your banter and soapbox moments. Gotta make my way down to you when you have a meetup. Love from your Michigan Creepsters, Manda. Okay, first thing. How do you say R-U-I-N? You've read the word. I can't wrap my brain around it. (laughs) I I can't process what you're having me spell. Oh, ruin. But that's not how you said it. You said ruin. Ruin it, yeah. But then your ass is going to say, I would say ruin. I, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You ruined that. She ruined it. (laughs) Right, yeah. Well, yeah, that's how I would say it. Ruin it. (laughs) Okay. I wonder if that's how your dad is with you, Carrie, because you said like you don't sense him a lot or anything like that, even though you want to, but maybe he knows it's still like too fresh. Maybe. 
Uh, yeah, the past probably week has been super hard, but we're also coming up on the anniversary of well, my wedding anniversary and his death anniversary. Yeah. So that's probably why. And I'll just say again, yes, yes, yes to all those stories. I love the teasers that y'all leave in. And then I'm like, mm-hmm, hooked already. Okay, the next one. Hey girls, George B. from The Sip here again. I had some paranormal experiences when I was younger that I'm not written about and had thought they would be too boring to read on the air. But then you read a story by Rory. And then he said, you see what I did there? Because story by, but I can't say the name correctly. So I've ruined it. I'm sorry, George. You failed him. But that story was very similar and not boring in any sense of the word. So I thought maybe I'd send him my experiences too. She'd written about semi-prophetic dreams, ones that came true but were not earth-shattering or helpful in any way. And when I was younger, I had very similar dreams myself. One such dream was where I was standing in the living room of our house and my brother and a stranger arrived and were walking into the front door. The stranger was redheaded, a little plump, hell, aren't we all, and friendly. My brother introduced him as his new boyfriend, Chuck. Dream over. A few weeks later, my brother pulled up into our driveway. I walked into the living room just as he and a red-headed stranger, who was a little plump, walked in through the front door. My brother then introduced us to his new boyfriend, Chuck. The funny thing is, I was never freaked out when things like this would happen. I always felt a little thrilled that I would dream of these things that happened. This wasn't the first time nor the last, but it was always mundane stuff. Another time, I dreamed I was reading a book. I was a huge reader at the time, so it's not like it was unusual for me to dream that I was reading. What was unusual is that the passage I was reading stayed in my head for a couple of weeks. Then I went to the local library and found a few books that looked interesting. Shortly after that, I found myself in the middle of a book and suddenly realized I'd read these same lines before in the dream. The exact lines, the exact words, exactly as they were printed on the page, even down to the page number. Again, absolutely nothing useful, just mundane stuff. Dreams like this that would come true went on for several years, slowly becoming less and less common and eventually completely fading away. However, several years ago, I did have several dreams of a completely different type. I had been dreaming that I was flying on the weekends to different cities in the U.S. just to say I'd been there. I racked up miles to Montana, Wyoming, California, New York, Washington State, and several other destinations. The problem was somehow I'd entered these into my history and thought I'd actually been doing this. That all came crashing down one day when I was talking to my hubby, Steve, about it, and he asked what I was talking about. I started to ask him if he really didn't remember my doing that when I suddenly realized it actually hadn't happened. At the time, I was being severely sleep-deprived without even realizing that I was. I had bad sleep apnea that wouldn't be diagnosed for several years later. I think these dreams, and obviously that sleep apnea, led to the next era of dreams I experienced. My apnea and sleep deprivation started getting to a level where I would randomly fall asleep at bad times, like at work or driving or having a conversation. Just nod off to sleep and immediately start dreaming. Even if I fell asleep for only a second, I would have a complete dream in that time frame. Sometimes I would dream I was doing what I was doing when I fell asleep, but in an altered way. I can remember when I started working at one of the local hospitals during training on the computer, I'd nod off and think I was still reading the screen or whatever. But then it would change into me jumping over suddenly three-dimensional words. Crazy shit. 
When I fell asleep while driving, it was only for a fraction of a second, thank God, but I dreamed the car would start flying and I was circling around clouds and stuff. Thank goodness I finally was diagnosed and got a CPAP, getting a handle on that kind of stuff. Well, I'd planned to only write about the premonition dreams, but my fingers had a mind of their own and I just went into my dreams in general. I hope this ride was at least a little enjoyable. Until next time, love y'all and all the creepsters. The dreamy George B. And then he said, I can't with myself. (laughs) (laughs) I had crazy dreams before I had my CPAP and I still do. So what the heck's wrong with me? Well, I'm glad you're not having them when you're driving like George was. Oh, I know. That's scary. Also, I feel like I know the job you're talking about at the local hospital because I had to call in and change an appointment or whatever. And it was to him. And I was like, wait, what? Like, my brain couldn't process that I knew the person I was talking to. You know when you know it's a small world, but then it's a small world? Like that time you went to the gynecologist and somebody's like, do you have a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, last time I went to the gynecologist, I had to apologize to the girl because I was like, sorry, I'm out of breath from the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but you took the stairs. Yeah, it's because I didn't want to be the only person not taking the stairs. (laughs) I get that. Because everything's right there. Yeah, it really is. Okay, the next one. Be careful what you wish for. Hey, ladies, my daughter-in-law recently introduced me to your podcast. I've been trying to catch up, but have a lot of episodes left that I'm listening to while in the shower, curling my hair, putting on makeup, and while in the office with a hidden AirPod. I can't seem to get enough. The laughter you two share keeps me coming back for more. Please don't use my name. You can call me Poppy. My paternal grandmother always told us we were descended from Irish witches. I never put much thought into it, although she did have a Ouija board she let me, my sister, a female cousin use whenever we visited, which was pretty much every weekend growing up. She also had tarot cards and an old tarot book. I inherited both and would give readings whenever anyone asked. When angered, she would also curse the neighbors and sometimes the family if they really pissed her off. Picture it. Spring 2005, Baltimore, Maryland. I've been through a terrible abusive marriage and frightening divorce, and I'm now the single mother of two young boys. I think I've found love again and am engaged to a man I met at work. We'll call him Bob. I found out Bob cheated on me with a married woman we both work with and am so distraught after a few weeks of crying, I write a curse for the very first time. I don't remember the wording, but as I recall, it was well-written and rhymed, probably because who else but a poet could understand my pain. I let my tears freely run over the page, spit on it, and pricked my finger to mark it as a blood curse. I sat outside on the back porch cement with my legs crossed as if I was going to meditate. With the wind howling, I lit my red candle, burned my curse after reading the words, and with all my strength, wish Bob would feel the same pain he caused me to feel. I didn't want to curse him forever because, hey, I can show mercy. So the last line of my curse released him in death. The very next day, Bob called me and told me he went to the bar and someone attacked him in the dark parking lot and he was in the hospital with a broken rib. I couldn't believe my curse worked, but then I was a little scared because what if this boomerang back to me threefold? It didn't stop there though. I did end up marrying him in 2007 and it seemed like every time he would hurt my feelings in some way, something bad would happen to him. Until Valentine's Day 2010 when we went out to dinner and got into a huge fight. I told him I was done with the negative comments and I was leaving him. There was a record amount of snow that year and Bob got drunk and had a car accident and ended up losing his job. No one was injured and I didn't think it was a big deal to get another job, but he got really depressed. 
As the trial date got closer, he slept less and became more delusional. Until three months after the accident, he died by suicide, jumping in front of a train. I do feel guilty about casting that curse and have vowed to never do so again. I'm glad my curse released him in death, and I do hope he finally found peace. All I can say is be careful what you wish for. Creep it real and don't get scared, my friends. That was very heavy. I didn't know that was where it was going to go. But Poppy reminded me of Poppy, Poppy Seeds. That's where you're going with this? Okay. Do you know what that's from? No. Wizard of Oz! Oh, Oh, Lord. Okay. And now the second thing is I saw a shirt and it said, they didn't burn witches, they burned women. Yeah, I saw that. Like, I want that shirt, you know? I don't know anything about curses. Me either. Like, like all that you think was tied to it? Yeah. That's scary. It is scary, but also I could never do a curse because I do not like to spit. Prick my finger, I could do. I mean, well, I would make Carrie do it, but <laughs> I So much truth in that. <laughs> like, hard facts. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't spit. Me pondering a curse. Why does that make me more intrigued? I don't want to put a curse on anyone, but... Like, that makes me so nervous, I don't even want to know about it. Yeah, like how you said it might boomerang back to you threefold. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, because it would to me. Like, I may get it just hearing that story. But that is a good lesson. Be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. Okay, the last one. Follow up from July. Yes, you can use my name. Innocent here. In July, I think it was July that I sent the previous email about the dream where Carrie and I were at the barbecue and she had to go check on her blonde-headed baby boy. Well, the dream was in July, but I hope I sent that email into you in July. It's now early December and I'm listening to the most recent Sinister Sightings and I wanted to give an update. I've not waited to hear y'all read my email, short as it is, on the podcast yet. Of all the women who were pregnant around me, I know who the blonde baby boy is. He's my nephew and as I type this, he's still in his mother's belly. But by the time this is read, he will be his anti-innocence baby danger. I wouldn't say I'm psychic, but maybe a little of an empath. I listen to my gut. I listen to my dreams. I pay attention to what I do not see but can hear and can see but cannot hear. There are messages everywhere. Maybe they're my ancestors. Maybe it's a universe. Maybe it's a higher power. Thank you, ladies, Carrie and little Freaky Deaky Donna for keeping it real and making me laugh every week. I'm caught up, so I'll look forward to Thursdays and Sundays religiously. I'll write back in with some paranormal and criminal, criminal in the fact that they're so bad that it makes them criminal, stories. So you'll have more stories and thus it'll be even longer before you can run out of sinister sightings. Creep it real and don't get scared innocent. I remember that dream that she wrote in about because we were like, uh, what? It ain't me. My IUDs last in three more years. <laughs> when she, when I really did, when I went to the doctor and she said that the IUDs are good for three more years, I was like, you sure, sure. <laughs> like, you like real sure? No babies? And she said, no babies. I said, you sure? Right. I just got to double check, triple check, quadruple check because I don't want no kids. Congratulations on the little nephew. Yeah. And I love an update. So thank you for that closure. And also, yes, I want to hear all the stories. And especially if they're criminal because they're so bad. Yes. I love how much y'all harnessed my fear of running out of stories in this episode. I know. (laughs) You must have really said something about it the episode before. Right. Thank y'all so much for sending in all these stories. We love them and never get tired of them. So we want more. Send them in to us at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.